the Lord together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the good gift of God and the wonderful power of the Holy Ghost. Won't you help us, dear Lord, to worship you in spirit and truth this morning. We give you thanks, we give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor. In Jesus' great name. And everybody said praise the Lord. Turning to the book of Hebrews this morning. Hebrews chapter 12. It's wonderful to be right here in God's house. Good to see each and every one of you. We love and appreciate you. And we want to worship Him this morning, spirit and truth, and give good attendance to the Word of the Lord. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. But ye are come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. Everybody said praise the Lord. I'd like to minister for a little bit this morning on keeping good company. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. It has been recorded in the Bible in the book of Psalms where David made the statement that he was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. To get with that kind of company, to keep yourself among people who are interested in the truth and in the great work of God and stepping out by faith and doing things according to chapter and verse in a proper ethical and professional manner. It is important that we have, uh, in, in our good company, we're going to have good manners. And uh, it is also written in the scripture that uh, evil communications corrupts good manners. So we, we want to be in the right kind of company. There are uh, those that the Bible teaches here in the book of Hebrews. There were those that, among the church, that are counted as an innumerable company of angels. Messengers, those that carry the message, those that bring the word of God, those that bring the chapter and the verse. We are told that after that, an individual would come to believe on Jesus Christ as the Scripture has said. That in a person doing that, doing what the Scripture has said, believing as the Scripture says, and the Scripture will tell you to repent of your sins. The Scripture will... Now, now you know, if you say you're sorry and you keep doing the same thing, that's not a true Bible repentance. But a true Bible repentance means that you stop it, you cut it off. You change your pattern, and we make that 180 degree. We're going in the wrong direction, doing it the wrong way, and uh, when we repent, then we make that 180 degree about face, and we go in the right direction. We're not going to continue in uh, the wrong influences with the wrong crowd and the wrong company. If you had um, a, a, an individual that, uh, whatever age, but an individual that you were... Uh, close with, and that individual told you that they were um, going in the wrong directions, they were doing the wrong things, they were involving themselves with the wrong people, then if they, that individual told you that they had repented of that and they weren't going to do that anymore, then you would not expect them to stay in that same company. You would expect them to make an about face and separate themselves from that company and start going in the right direction. Uh, in the Old Testament, a simple example, Saul, uh, King Saul, he, um, he got a, a lot of bad spirits were working on him. He was in some pretty bad company, and he'd been listening to some wrong things and having some wrong attitudes, and he was 
consequently, these spirits bothered him. But he, the Bible teaches he would call for David, and David would come, and he would play and sing his music unto the Lord, and in so doing, the evil spirit would leave, that company of evil spirits would leave uh, King Saul, and he would have some peace. Um, it's important that you be in the right company. It's important that the right spirit is among that company. You want to be, what did the writer say here, an innumerable company of angels. Uh, as it is described here in Hebrews, you, it leaves you no doubt as to what kind of angels or messengers we're talking about. For you must remember that Satan himself is an angel of light and that he masquerades, shall I say, as an angel of light. He will purport himself uh, to be an angel or a messenger of light. He will uh, play Halloween every day. He will masquerade and he will give himself off to be uh, righteous when all the while he is unrighteous. And it's important for you to be able to discern and go beyond the look and the show and the front and that you get a little depth here in God and you want to, it's a, in, in your beginning with God here in the chapter and the verse and coming to Him. You want to get in the, shall we say, as in the early day, the company of Jesus. You wanted to be with Him because there were lots of folks going around that were claiming that they were just fine and they were all right and that they were doing everything fine. But Jesus oftentimes had to upbraid them in their religious ways, that they uh, rejected the counsel of God. They set aside the word of the Lord, that they could have their own way and do their own thing. And so it showed, Jesus began to show, that they were not of the Holy Spirit. They were not in the right company that they were going in the wrong direction for the wrong motives. And Jesus began to lead people in a direction that caused them to turn away from the wrong thing and turn to the right thing. Jesus began to uh, bring to them a message that helped them to clean up on the inside, if you please, of their heart. And that they begin to get rid of envy and strife and jealousy and so many other types uh, wrong characteristics that the religious world never ministers to and lets you go on any old way you want to go on as long as you'll just toddle along after their program and be in their company. But you know, to get yourself uh, among them that repres truly represent Jesus and the body of Christ, that brings you as an individual to a place of repentance, to where you begin to cut off the wrong thing and you begin to step in the right direction and hang with the right crowd, get with the right company, that they're, they're not just going to church to have church. They're not just trying to build a crowd here. Their motivations are not built around numbers and money, shall we say, but their motivations are to truly serve the living God and that they could help people to get ready to one day make that first resurrection. It's going to take some sacrifice. It's going to take uh, denying yourself, the scripture teaches, and bear the cross through your city on a daily basis. And it was a cross. It was that which was designed to be sacrificial. You were going to have to make some sacrifice. You were going to have to repent of things that you like to do that aren't right to do. It meant that you were going to close your eyes to some things and shut your ears to some things and that you were going to turn away from some things because you were determined to follow the Lord. One man told the Lord, he said, uh, I'll go where you go and uh, where, where do you hang out anyway? And Jesus said, well, you come on along with me and I'll show you. And the man said, well, you know, I need to do this and I need to do that and I need to do the other. And first news, you know, all of those different things that somebody feels that they need to do, these things that are so important in their life, then they never do ever start following the Lord. They never do go in that place and find out that 
where he's dwelling at isn't so fancy and isn't so great, but that people who are in the king's palace are the people that live delicately like that. It's, but Jesus has taken a road that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a rough road, but he said, I'm going to smooth it out. It's going to be a crooked road, but I'm going to straighten it out. It's going to be mountainous, but I'm going to bring it down level. It's going to be a valley, much uh, hardness and depression and things that you'll have to fight emotionally. He said, but I'm going to bring that up. And I'm going to level the playing field, if you please. Our God is going to allow you here to go through some things and separate you from some things. And it's called repentance. And it's part of the gospel. He did die on the cross for your sin. You must die on the cross of repentance to your sin. You must uh, realize that you cannot go on the same attitude, the same emotions, the same sinful directions, the same fleshly impulses. In the flesh dwells no good thing. And when that jealousy and that envy rises up, you've got to learn to defeat that. And you're going to begin doing that through your repentance through your repentance. And then, of course, the Scripture teaches that Jesus said, He that believeth, and that you claim to be believing, He said, Well, if you are, then you'll be baptized. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. If you claim to be believing and refuse baptism in water in the, in water in the name of Jesus Christ, then you have just proven that your, your believing is not believing. It's just your own little human spirit doing its own little thing and soothing your conscience. But conscience, soothed conscience is not going to get you in the first resurrection. It's the Holy Ghost and fire. It's baptism in the name of Jesus Christ that's going to get you in that first resurrection. You're certainly going to have to have that. Not saying there's not anything after that. There is because that's what gets you saved, baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost is what saves you or delivers you from sin. But you've got to stay saved. And that's what Romans to Revelation is for. You don't get this and supposed to be starting in the race now and then you've got, you get baptized in Jesus' name, you get filled with the Holy Ghost and you're now starting the race and then you're just going to drop out of the race uh, a few days later, a few weeks later, a few years later and you don't even, there is no amount of time that you drop out of it. This is a long distance race and you must run it with patience, Hebrews said. You've got to hang in there and you've got to grow in grace and knowledge and you've got to learn the things of God and if you're going to do that, then you've got to get in some good company. you got to get among people that talk about Jesus in truth. People that love Him with all of their heart, soul, mind and strength. People who live each day denying themselves of fleshly desires and wants and lusts and they cut those things off on a daily basis. Repentance does not end in your life when you're born again. That is baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. You repent from then on and overcome from then on. It's not a one-shot deal. It's a continuation in living for God. You want to keep yourself in good company. And it's going to take an effort keeping good company. You have to to make some choices about who you're going to hang around, who you're going to run around with, places you're going to go, things you're going to do. If you're going to, to choose Jesus, if you're going to choose him above all else, everyone or everything else, then you've got to settle it in your mind that I've got to begin to get in some good company. I've got to begin to run with a crowd that's going to enhance the manners that are the good manners that are going to be communicated to me from the body of Christ, from the church. I'm learning these good things from the Word of God. Now, I can't, if I'm learning uh, him that stole, steal no more, and then I go hang out with a pack of thieves, well, I'm not going to be helping myself here, am I? I'm going to be hanging around with the wrong people that are going to corrupt what God is putting in me, hey, you don't do that anymore. You don't do that way anymore. And if I hang out with the people that are doing it, then I'm placing myself in harm's way. I'm putting myself with people that are doing the wrong thing. And everybody said amen. And I'm going to find myself, once again, doing the wrong thing. And that's not going to be healthy. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. I will read to you, now this is uh, admittedly teaching to the church, okay? And what I mean by that is that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four accounts of the one gospel. And, the, and those accounts give to you 
basically the birth and the life and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and along with many other things, but that's the basic outline. And then <clears throat> when you come to the book of Acts, that's where Jesus gave birth to the church that he already introduced in Matthew 16 and 16 through 18. The book of Acts now gives you the actual birth of that church. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They all began to speak with other tongues or languages as the Spirit gave them the utterance. And then they, you see the rest of the book of Acts is that church growing and going forth and reaching more people and growing. And there, the heartbeat was evangelism. And then the heartbeat from there was to establish new works in new fields. And in so doing, then setting somebody over that, and that person would then carry on on a local basis and, and help those people to grow, in those newborn babes in that area, to grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there was a church established at, or a congregation, if you please, of people called out of darkness into marvelous light, established in a place called Corinth. And so it became known as the book of Corinthians. Okay, a message and letter to the congregation there. And 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 9, he said, I wrote unto you in an epistle. Now he's just like he's doing in this one, the 1 Corinthians, in, in others he wrote to them. And he was telling them some things. Now listen, he said, I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators. So that's very plain and straight to the point, isn't it? You don't hang around with those kind of people. But please listen on uh, as, he, as this goes on. He said, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or with idolaters, for then must ye needs go out of the world. So he's going to show you something here now because we live in this world and we work in this world and we go to school in this world. There are many things that, that uh, there's a social, in one, in one sense of the word, interaction, a workplace interaction, okay? So there are things that take place. So verse 11, he said, But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother... Narrowed that down now, didn't he? So he wasn't saying, well, you can't go do your job because the guy next to you or the woman next to you is involved in a sinful lifestyle because he said you'd have to just go out. Of the, you've got to wait for the first resurrection for that. You know, we live in this world, okay, and we have to, there's a certain amount of interaction. Now, do I fellowship that person? No, I don't fellowship that person. Again, more teaching in the Scripture. What, what fellowship hath light with darkness? And on and on it goes there. But you must understand that he's straightening something out here, and he's particularly getting very specific and putting his finger on something here. He said, But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or idolater or a railer. That's somebody that is constantly lifting up their voice and fighting against the church, supposed to be a brother, and running the church down, running the leadership down, that's what a railer is. That's what uh, Satan did in the presence of Michael the archangel when he began to rail because he was arguing about and making a lot of noise about where the body of Moses was buried. He wanted to know that. And that's the devil for you. He's always going to want to dig up something that God has buried in your life. The devil is going to come around and he's going to try to just make a big fuss about something because that's what he does. He's an accuser. He's an agitator. He wants to, dis to make confusion and he wants to uh, get your mind on anything but what it needs to be on. And everybody said amen. amen. And so he said here, a railer or a drunkard or an, an extortioner with such and one no, not to eat. An extortioner, by the way, is somebody that takes something from where its rightful place is and takes it and puts it someplace where it's not its rightful place. And that's extortion, or a person becomes an extortioner, whether it be money or lots of other things that you could name. So these are things, he said, when you find that somebody's claiming to be a brother or a sister in the church, in the body of Christ, and they are doing these things, he said, that's the one you're not to keep company with. That's the kind of people you don't have anything to do with. Not somebody out there that's not born again and not in the church and doesn't know the truth. He said, you're going to find that that's, that's the world. 
and you're in this world, but you're no longer of this world. If you're baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you're no longer of this world. You have been taken by the Spirit of the Lord and you have been given a glorious experience and you've been placed in the body of Christ and you've been cleaned up and shined up and polished up and you want to make sure that you now go forth among this world as a light. You want to be a burning and a shining light. And you want to let the people on the job know you may not always be able to preach to them verbally, witness to them verbally, especially during working hours, but you can be that light. You can look right. You can talk right. It's what you listen or will not listen to that can be an example. People see by your conversation, that means your lifestyle, your style of living, that you don't go those places anymore. You don't talk that way anymore. You don't tell those jokes anymore. You don't speak with those words and in that manner anymore. That's not you. That's the old you, the one you repented of, the one that we buried in the water in Jesus' name. And when you came up out of the water, you were born again off water and you're ready to receive the Holy Ghost and upon receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost completing the new birth experience you're now an ambassador of Jesus Christ you're in the body you're growing in grace and knowledge and that's the teaching and giving you the milk the sincere milk of the word of God that you might grow thereby and you're going to grow in grace and you're going to grow in knowledge of the truth of Jesus Christ and you're going to have a beautiful testimony and you're going to have a great and marvelous light and you'll be a part of the city that's set upon the hill and you'll be a part of a company of innumerable angels without number innumerable without number unable to number what God has and what God is doing the uh, enemy thought that he had a big crowd and when he uh, went out of heaven when he rose up against God and when he absolutely wanted to push God aside, knock him off his throne, and he wanted to occupy that throne. He wanted God, uh, what God, who God is, and everything about God. He wanted that to be him. And uh, he found out in a hurry that wasn't going to work, and the good Lord took care of him. And when the Lord sent Michael and the two-thirds of the heavenly host, and they put one-third out, their number looked very big, but it wasn't so big. And when he fell like lightning, to the earth then the Bible teaches he was mad and upset of course he was and but he never would acknowledge what he was really mad and upset about that he'd made the wrong choice and that he'd done the wrong thing and he'd acted in the wrong spirit and attitude but of course the Bible said the problem was that it, from the beginning there wasn't a, uh, the truth wasn't there there just wasn't truth there there was there was falsehood there and what was there came out and it will always come out. And when it began to show itself, then God's Spirit had to deal with it. And so out he went, down to heaven, uh, from heaven to earth he came. And then he has set in now to be miserable. He wants company. Satan wants a company. He wants you to be a part of his company. He wants you to be among the fighters and the railers and the liars and the cheaters. He wants you to be among those kind of people. But Jesus Christ said, I've come to give you life. I've come to give it to you more abundantly. I'm not going to leave you in the puddle of, of filth and mess and muck and mire. I'm going to pull you out and clean you up and give you a light and set your feet on a solid rock and send you forth to do my work and to represent me in the earth. Now bear that cross through the city. You've got to bear the cross. You've got to carry it. Everybody said amen. Acts 4 and 23. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. What do we have here? We have a miracle that took place. We have them preaching and teaching, the original church, preaching and teaching. Peter, James, John, Mary, the mother of the flesh, and the other devout women. The church, the body of Christ is growing. They have come out of the upper room. They are filled and they are thrilled. How did they get there to begin with? Well, they got there because they, they stayed with the right company. They actually made up the right company 
originally. And what happened was above 500, Jesus has risen from the dead and he has showed himself alive with many infallible proofs. And now he is giving to above 500 of those and, uh, that were supposed to be disciples. And he's giving to them last minute instructions. He's giving them orders. He's telling them what to do. He's telling them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Repentance and remission of sins is to be preached in my name, beginning at Jerusalem. And he said, and you're witnesses of these things. And he told them, you go and tarry in the city of Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Spirit, which saith he, you have heard of me and above about 500 or above 500 and a 380 of them did not do it and they they took their company with the wrong spirit and the wrong attitude and they went their way and guess what we don't read about them anymore but that about 120 that plus an innumerable company of angels all of a sudden, their numbers were swelling in ranks because they got to looking around and, you know, God can let you see. And they begin to see, man, we got, look at these angels. And they went on down to the city of Jerusalem and there the Bible said there came a sound from heaven from a rush of a rushing mighty wind filled all the house where they were sitting and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They had cloven tongues sitting upon them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Oh, man, they were happy. They were excited. And everybody down below that upper room in the streets that had come to Jerusalem in their religious ways for to worship, and they really didn't know what to do or what it was all about. And, and Jesus has just poured out His Spirit, and now these people are speaking forth in languages that these people from all over the known world are understanding. That one, I hear that one, I know what they're saying. Hear another one, I know what that one's saying. And oh man, a witness was going on. And the Bible teaches that the church began to go to everybody everywhere in the name of Jesus Christ. They were baptizing them. People were getting the Holy Ghost. So much so that they were filling the city of Jerusalem with this apostles' doctrine. Hear me. They were bringing this message to everybody. And the Bible was teaching that many thousands were coming to the knowledge of the truth. And in that happening, there were miracles, signs, and wonders because the Lord said that He, if we would work, He would work with us. And He did do that. And as He confirmed the Word and the marvelous and wonderful things that He did, then of course the enemy was not going to just lay down and play dead. Old Satan rose up through different people and different ones. Don't think it's going to be some red suit coming down the road with a long tail and a pitchfork in his hand. He works through people. He works through a company of people. He works through organizations and all kinds of other um, ways in society that the and, and, and the world itself in, in global, if you please. And he works through these things. And he mass media, publications, all kinds of things. Governments, economies. He works through it. And on that particular day, he began to, you know, excite a whole lot of his people that would listen to him. And they took the disciples and they, they beat them and they whipped them and they threw them in jail and they straightly charged them that they were no longer to preach in the name of Jesus Christ. They were to stop doing that. And of course, the Bible teaches very plainly, they said, but that it spread no further. Uh, among the people let us straightly threaten them and they speak henceforth to no man in this name this is Acts 4 17 and they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus and then said Peter and John answered and said well whether it be right in the sight of God uh, to hearken unto you more than unto God you judge that but they said, For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Thank God for some good, solid witnesses that remember and know what God has done for them and what He has done for them in the company of His people and the innumerable company of angels. And so that when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them. You know, a thorough examination 
uh, will not, is not going to yield anything wrong. It's going to only bring out the light. It's only going to bring out the goodness. It's only going to bring out the glorious presence of the Lord and the many wonderful things that he has done in your life as an individual. And what was it? Even Pilate uh, said, I find no fault in him. I've examined him. I want to let him go. And, and they, the crowd being incited by that evil company of, of spirits that went among and people, people that were affected negatively by the wrong spirit. They went about the crowd and they agitated the crowd. They incited the crowd. People get in a fuss and a fight in the wrong spirit. They don't even really know what they're fussing and fighting about. They're just part of the agitation. They're just part of the whole thing that they get caught up in the wrong spirit of things. And so when they uh, threatened them and they let them go and couldn't find anything, and then they said... Uh, for all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle, because you see there was a man that was lame. There was a man that had never walked. There was a man that God healed from when the, when the church, when the church prayed for that individual. And so this beautiful miracle of healing, and they, 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 this was shown in the midst of everybody. And they were like, how do we stop this? How do we do away with this? You know, there's people that are going to want to blot your light out. There's people that are going to want to stop the goodness of God in your life. There's people that are going to be repelled and repulsed by the shining glory of the Holy Ghost in your life. They're not going to like the fact that you re represent Him in a holy manner. For we are, through this marvelous light, we become a chosen generation. We become a holy nation. That there is the holiness of God is beautiful. And that we're put on a highway of holiness, the book teaches. And that the evil and the corrupt things not going to be on that. Oh man, you talking about uh, God just doing a great miracle in your life and giving you a house cleaning, a heart cleaning. And people begin to take note of the miracle that is done before them. I'm very happy for when God gives a physical healing, but there's no greater healing than God giving your spirit that healing, your heart that healing, that he takes and makes takes the brokenhearted, isn't that what the book said? And he binds it up and he gets you out of prison because you're imprisoned by spirits because you're born in sin in this world. And that's what Satan fall, coming, falling and coming to the earth begin to enslave people. But the Lord held out a promise and said, I'm going to take care of business. I'm going to set up a crucifixion. I'm going to put the Lamb of God on there. I'm going to make that sacrifice and it's going to bruise his heel, but we're going to crush Satan's head. And that's what God did. And Satan knows that he's a defeated foe. He knows that his day is coming. And he, that's why he's going to and fro so upset. Because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And everybody said amen. So here we have him where the church is operating. The miracles are happening. People are seeing the changed lives, the goodness of God, the glory of God. And of course the devil is jealous. Of course he's envious. Of course he's hateful. Of course he's going to do anything he can to throw a monkey wrench in the works. He doesn't want to see a thriving church. He doesn't want to see a growing church. He doesn't want to see a happy, balanced, solid church. He wants to disrupt that. So he's going to find somebody that he can use to do just that. But the Bible said here in 4 and 23 of Acts, and being let go, this is us, this is the church, being let go, they went to their own company. Now see, they didn't go down, had a, had a bad, bad, rough day, and they beat us, and they talk bad to us, and they're running their mouths against us. Boy, it's really a bad day. I guess we'll go down and sit at the bar on the stool and get good and drunk. You know? No, they didn't go to that company. They didn't, they didn't go to that crowd anymore. That's what they did before they got born again. That was the kind of lifestyle they lived, going and doing the drugs. You know, don't you just get a, a, a bit repulsed when people claim this and they're still involved with drugs? When people claim this and they're still fornicators? When people uh, keep claiming all of these things about God and yet their life is not measuring up? In other words, sometimes people talk the talk, but they do not walk the walk. And you're, you, you're digging in here. You're, you're wanting to get beyond some milk here. And there comes a time, you know, it's like the little boy that told Patrick, he said, he said, mister, he said, would you help me get up on my bike? He said, I can ride it. He said, I just can't get up on it. Well, he comes to Sunday school now, thank God. But uh, just remember that, that there, we also have to realize that uh, we've got to get to a place to where we can begin to do this. 
okay? And we do, of course, as newborn babes, need a little help. Of course we do. And that's why we've got the body of Christ. It's why we have the church. It's why we're doing what we're doing. And as new babies are born and birthed into the body of Christ, and as we go about the great work of the Lord, then you're going to understand that there are people that we're going to be able to help. And I trust that you will remember where your help cometh from. And somebody said, God! Well, yes, God. But God works through His church. And His church is made up out of people. People who have come out of darkness into His marvelous light. And they become the company of the Lord. And they said, here, these folks weren't confused in a time of difficulty, in a time of tribulation, in a time of trouble and persecution. They weren't confused when they got out of the away from those people that were beating them, spitting on them, and talking ugly about them. They went to their own company. They know who to go find. Let's go find Peter, James, John, Bartholomew. Let's go find Mary. Let's go find those new ones that have been praying through. Let's have church. And that's what they did. They didn't put their lower lip on the ground and drag around somehow. No, sir, they went to church and they gathered together in one mind and one accord and they began to worship and praise Him and they were all renewed with the Holy Ghost refilled, recharged, uplifted, encouraged, and get boldness from the Lord. Let's get going in the work of the Lord here. Let's get about the business of God. And everybody said amen. And everybody said hallelujah. The church is built on, on getting out and growing in grace and knowledge and, and also bringing in people that produce new growth. People changing churches and congregations is not new growth. That doesn't do anything to add to the, to the work of Almighty God, the building up of the kingdom of God. No, we want new growth. We want to reap the harvest. We want to reach the new soul. We want to pull the drunk out of the gutter. We want to get the fella out of the, the, the cocaine den house. We want to get people out of these places and see God change their lives. And everybody said amen. amen. And everybody said praise the Lord. Give God a big hand. Come on now. In Acts chapter 17, the Bible teaches that the church began to pass through certain areas. And uh, it said as Paul, in verse 2, 17 and 2, and Paul, as his manner was, as a preacher, he went in unto them and he stayed three Sabbath days. He went into where the people, the church houses, and that day where people were, and you could speak. And, and he went in there and he reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is Christ. Because the many Jewish did not believe that he was the Christ, even as today there are many like that. But he is the Christ, and that's what Paul was proving to them out of their own scriptures. And verse 4 said, and some of them believed. Now some of the people, he, as he was witnessing and preaching and teaching, that said some of the people believed. This is right. This is the chapter and verse. What Jesus is the Christ, okay? And so some of them believed, and they consorted with Paul and Silas. And of the devout Greeks, or Gentiles, a great multitude, and of the chief women, not a few. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. All right. So you want to begin to see here verse 5, but the Jews which believed not. Now there were those among this group that did not believe. And it's, you know, truth is always going to draw a line right down there, friend. Be it 60-40 or 50-50 or whatever percentage has been said, but right down the middle of things, there's going to come that line, that line of demarcation. And Brother Lewis preached it the other night. Who's on the Lord's side? There's going to go a line. And you've got, to, you've got to be able to recognize and know the Lord's side. And you better get with it and stay with it. And everybody said amen. amen. And so these folks, Paul is preaching the truth, giving the chapter and verse. He's doing things in a proper manner. And in so doing then, people begin to believe. They begin to repent. They begin to get baptized. They begin to receive the Holy Ghost. But it said that there were those among that believed not. And they were moved with envy. Now, did you ever read in your Bible, I'm sure you have, that holy men of old were moved by the Holy Ghost? And that's how you got the written word of God, because they were moved by the Holy Ghost. These folks were moved with envy, a spirit of envy. Okay? And envy, that means that somebody was very discontented 
I don't have enough. I'm not happy with what I got. I got to have it all. And so they were moved with envy. And they took upon them, or took unto them, certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. And they, in other words, not very nice people. And they gathered a company and set all the city on an uproar. You know, I like to go into the city or any city, and we do go into cities, and that's how works have started. And uh, in going into those cities, we're going in there to win people. We're going in there to save souls. We're going in there to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. amen. And that's why we sacrifice on things, and we do without things, and, and, and uh, we give time and energy and finance. We're just trying to do the work of the Lord that Jesus has given to us in commission form. And so, but here, you want to watch the spirit of this thing. These folks didn't, weren't doing that, but these were supposed to be church folks. These were supposed to be religious people, okay? And, and they, they were in the church house, and they weren't agreeing with what the Word of God was saying. And they got upset with the Apostle Paul, and they went and found and gathered unto themselves people who were of bad reputation, people who were known not to be doing it right, not to be living right. And they, and they brought these people together, and they begin to agitate in the city and turn different ones and create a crowd and create confusion among them. Let me tell you something. That's not what the body of Christ does. That's not the spirit of Jesus Christ. And so they even brought an assault against a certain people, a certain house, and they begin to uh, try to uh, destroy, okay, and bring them out to the people and try to, to draw them before a crowd and try to get them in trouble. Let me tell you something. You want to work with Jesus Christ. You want to work with His power and His glory. You want to get among them because you know what? If you keep reading, you will find that uh, the book teaches in verse 10 here of Acts 17 that, uh, that Paul and them went on down a little further to another place and they immediately sent Paul and Silas by night unto Berea and getting there the Bible teaches who coming thither they, be, they didn't stop I told you they didn't, they didn't allow tribulation and hard time and mouth running or whatever going on they didn't allow any of that stuff to deter them or stop them or give them the mully grubs or lower lip on the ground like a vacuum cleaner and down in the valley of depression not at all the church rejoiced that they were worthy to suffer such things for Jesus Christ. And so they just uh, did what the Bible pretty much says, shake the dust off your feet, let's move on here and go find another house, go find another area in your town and let's get a hold of some people and win some souls here. And so it said that in so doing, who coming thither went in and there were, mo there were people there that were more noble than those back yonder in that they received the word of God with all readiness of mind and they search the scriptures daily. Let me tell you, people who shut down their minds on truth and who are not about Jesus, they're about themselves, God's going to replace and God's going to find himself some people and he's going to lead us to people that are going to get this born again experience and they're going to be people that are, they're going to have a more noble mind. They're going to have better characteristic about them. They're going to be people that love God and want the truth and want to be a part of the great work of God. And everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. That's why Miss Bowen's here this morning. You know, I go in the bank before they stopped her. Miss Bowen's be in between doing any, anything she had to do business while reading her Bible. You don't think I didn't notice that? Oh, I noticed that. I'd tell her, where are you reading at? And I'd tell her, well, be sure to read this. And she'd go right to it. Let me mark that down. God's going to find some people in this town and towns that want God. People that, that have not yet heard the truth. Okay? And that doesn't exclude Mr. Bones. These two shall be one. <laughs> and everybody, let's give them a big hand. God bless you. <laughs> amen and amen. Acts 21 and 8. Acts 21 and 8. You folks just didn't know it, but we've been looking for you for a long time. Yes, we have. Amen. I, I fished for Ann Tyler, my wife and I, for 18 years. And finally got her baptized in Jesus' name, full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And many others of you. And we're, the church is about God's business, and that's what we want to be. We want to be about the business of the Lord. All right, Acts 21 and 8. And everybody said hallelujah. The Bible said the next day, we that were of Paul's company, 
Paul's company. Oh, yeah, we, we want to know who we're attached with here. You know, some names leave a very bad taste in your mouth. Some names can, can be associated with some very uh, bad things. And I'll give you an example. Let's, let's take a look real quick. You can hold that if you want. But I'm going to read to you from the um, Psalms, Psalms 116, I believe. Everybody said praise the Lord. 106. 106, that's what it is. Psalms 106. All right. Listen to what this said. It said, They envied Moses also in the camp, and Aaron the saint of the Lord. 106 and 16. Verse 17, The earth opened and swallowed up Dathan and covered the company of Abiram. The company of these people. You want to keep yourself in good company. Keep in good company. You know, uh, those folks were bad company. And the folks that associated with them and got close to them, they suffered some serious consequences for being in the company of those people. I want to be in that good company. I want that innumerable company of angels. I want the, the, the spirits of just men made complete. I want that company. I want the company of people who are searching the scriptures, noble-minded, people that are truly want to do the work of the Lord with the right spirit and the right attitude and the right motivation. When they separated themselves from that company of about 380 people and it proved out that those people just wanted their religious ways and they set aside what God had in mind and what God had in store, but the about 120 said, that's just what we want. We want what you want. And they headed down to that upper room. That's the company you wanted to be with on the day of Pentecost when a sound from heaven came of a rushing mighty wind. You were mighty glad you were in that company. Whoo, I'm glad I was in church today. I'm glad I was right there with them when the Holy Ghost fell like a shower. Oh man, I was so great and so wonderful. And when I got the Holy Ghost, what an experience I got. He changed my life for the good. Don't talk to me about drinking. Don't talk to me about dope. Don't talk to me about stealing. Don't talk to me about jealousy and pride and envy and hatred and dance and railing. No, sir. You better talk to me about love and peace and joy. You better talk to me about faith and temperance. You better talk to me about the great spirit fruit of the spirit. Talk to me about jumping up and down and rejoicing with great joy and that I'm a part of many great men and women and an innumerable company of angels. Amen and amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Maybe seated the Lord bless you. Paul's company. You were in Paul's company, you're in good company. You're in good company. You know? Sometimes I, I'll see uh, some cases where I have to look at them and say, oh, they're not in very good company. But you know, Paul's company. When you, that day and that time, you were in Paul's company, you were in good company. And there were those, what did it say about the uh, Peter and John and, and the disciples? It said um, the, that the religious world that was so full of envy with all of their religion, you know. They were so full of envy. It's kind of like saying, they, in those days it would be like somebody saying, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm in the church, I believe in Jesus, and if you don't believe it, well, I'll kill you and prove it to you. <laughs> you know, something not jihon, is it? Something's out of balance there. Something's not right. I've preached here for years, and I've told you, there's no, down in that basement, there's Sunday school, but there's no AK-47s. There's no grenades. There's no rocket launchers. We don't, we don't have those things. Those weapons are carnal weapons, and our weapons are spiritual weapons. They're mighty through God, the weapons that we have. And the war that we wage is not with physical things. It is a spiritual battle. And everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Oh, yes, my friend. So you want to, you want to be, uh, you know, there's that thing they call guilty by association. Well, I want to be innocent by association. I want to be washed in the blood by association uh, because I'm associated with the name of Jesus Christ. 
I've been baptized in that name, and when I was baptized in that name, the blood that's contained in that name, my faith in that is what washed away all of my sins. It's so important to have that name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Who died on the cross? Who shed the blood? Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or forgiveness of sins. And the Bible said in Acts 2.38, to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. You've got to have the blood that came from the name for there to be that remission of sins. Because without, without the shedding of the blood, there is no remission. And even Paul made it crystal clear. He said, was one guy got all upset because, you know, I didn't personally baptize him. Well, wait a minute. You know, it's not my name. It's not my personality. It's not me. Okay? First of all, it's the, it's the uh, office of the ministry and the delegation that can go forth from there. But my point to you is simply this, that Paul said, were you baptized in the name of Paul? He even went on to say, I thank God I didn't baptize any of y'all except for one household. Hmm. I think Paul was trying to deal, do away with all of that, you know, preacher religion type thing. And let's focus on the company. We're in this together. We're working together. We have a, there is a biblical system? Yes. There is things to be done decently and in order? Yes. We don't, why, that's why he taught on the gifts of the Spirit to the church. Might as well teach that to the church because, you know, if you haven't got the Holy Ghost, forget getting any gifts. You've got to get the initial gift, which is the gift of the Holy Ghost, and the rest comes from there. You've got to get in the church, and everything is contained within the church. That's your shadow and type of Canaan land, where it flowed with milk and honey, houses you didn't build, all kinds of wonderful things. That's all contained within the church, the body of Christ. Everybody said amen. amen. I mean, I don't reach down in my throat pull out my vocal cord and say, would you speak for me today? Doesn't work that way, does it? It's a part of, isn't it? It's all in there. Well, my heart's beating right now. Maybe a little quickly, but it's beating right now, okay? And I think the brain is working a little bit. Matter of fact, I checked this morning, I did have one, okay? But it's all a part, isn't it? And so we know the hand doesn't say to the foot, I don't need you, really. Well, why don't you try walking without me? So isn't that silly? Uh, my eyeball, you know, or my ear, and they want to argue? That's ridiculous. Okay. So you want to remember that the gifts are in the church, and Paul teaching, and everybody coming together for a service such as this, and he says, hey, you know, I mean, one guy's got a song, and you know, William's got a song, and another one over here says, I got a song, another one says, well, I got a scripture, another one says, I got a scripture. Another one says, I got interpretation. Well, I got this, and I got a tongue, and I got, and everybody, and pretty soon everybody stands up. Is that how that's done? Is that how you act in your body? You know? No. You wouldn't want to go anywhere with everybody, your hand going this way, and the other hand going the other way, and the other foot going, and this foot going. One eyeball going up, one eyeball going down. You're not going to do that. Your ears flapping and competing. Okay? He said, let everything be done decently and in order. So that's why God set the visible head in the church, the pastor, to. That's where everybody kind of sits up and quits playing their own tune. And we, you know, Marvin knows he has given time to tune up his little sax. But while I'm preaching right now, he better not tune up his sax. That wouldn't work too well. He'd get him a fresh haircut. He's already had one. Everybody said amen. amen. But that's because he doesn't do that because he's well-trained, because he knows. All right, everybody said hallelujah. That's when we say we don't do things that way. That's right, we don't do things that way. All right, so we're not going to have little Sister Susie popping up somewhere, you know, just doing her little cha-di-ah-cha-cha thing in the middle of service. That's not going to happen, okay? Or little Sister Susie will either get sat down or escorted out. <laughs> as simple as that. And everybody said Amen. And just like we had the other day, I uh, didn't know that you guys didn't know, but you were in the presence of an apostle who came in in a track suit and with a full beard and, and filled out his little card as Apostle so-and-so. And when we came to the front, he was right over there. And, uh, and I normally, you know, will read uh, who's visiting and we'll give him a big hand, but I decided the better part of wisdom was we might want to 
just let that one go by. Because, you know, people want to just show up and proclaim themselves to be something, and if you're not careful, they will spew their poison into your nice little congregation, and then we all have to deal with that, okay? So the shepherd is here to protect us also from the wolves. And everybody said amen. amen. And to, to make sure that we keep things done decently and in order. I was a very young preacher, and my pastor entrusted me to take care of the congregation in the church while he was away, and he was off preaching a conference. And um, I went out, I know I had gone outside the building to do something, and uh, we were getting ready for uh, service, and I, I had to do something outside, and all of a sudden this guy came walking up, and uh, he looked like he had, uh, I don't know what he looked like, he just looked like something. And uh, this is many, many years ago, in down in Miami, and he said, uh, he said, uh, he said, are you, are you the preacher? And I said, well, I said, uh, today I am. And he said, uh, he said, well, I'm an apostle, and I'm, the Lord sent me here to preach here today. And I said, no, no. I said, that's not going to be. I said, actually, my pastor told me to preach here today and take care of everything. And I said, so, no, you won't be preaching here today. He said, you're going to be dead in one week because I'm an apostle. And he turned around and left and never saw him again. Last time I checked, that was like 40-something years ago. <laughs> Feeling good. Feeling good. Yeah. So, you know, everything that calls itself something isn't. Okay? He just had the, the word wrong. I, I think maybe he should have said, I'm a schizophrenic. And I don't say that facetiously. I'm saying I, there was definitely something very wrong there. And uh, there are people going around that will do all kinds of things. And, and, but, is, you know, if somehow they can pull the name of God into it, that that's supposed to make whatever they do all right. But that, if anything, that makes it more restrictive. Because if you're going to associate with Jesus Christ, at least the one that this Bible teaches, then you better tell yourself there are some rules. There are some teachings. There are some scriptures. There is a code of conduct and a way that you're supposed to conduct yourself. And everybody said amen. And everybody said praise the Lord. And everybody said it's late. Take care of that. Let's stand together. I do get carried away. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's take a moment and let's lift our hearts with our hands and let's love the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, dear, great, and mighty, and living God. I give you thanks and glory and honor. Touch our hearts as we worship you this morning, Jesus. Touch our hearts. I thank you, dear God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. God, you are great and mighty. Come on, let's worship him. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are good, me. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are good, me. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. People from every nation. 